gents welcome back we're here for another episode of the landlord podcast and today is the auction episode and that pack there allows you if you're making a decision on a property a much better position than you would be if you were buying through the normal route you know so this comes not just for landlords but for anybody looking to buy at at auction there is a full legal pack provided on any property that you buy for auction if it's not available the legal pack the property is not available to buy so you cannot buy a property it's one that i've really been looking forward to um i cut my teeth as a runner in an auction room uh, as a trainee which i really really enjoyed actually i found it really really exciting so it's good to get back and have lee in this room to talk about how auctions changed where it's going and how they're doing in um in 2022 i think a lot of landlords have got some misconceptions about how to buy or how to sell in the auction room so it'd be really exciting to see what he's got to say for himself how they're changing how things are moving and 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 what's happening but ian you've not met lee before what what are you looking forward to getting from this podcast well straight away i've learned that you were a runner in an auction room and that that in my head didn't do much running it just seems funny i don't know why it seems funny for some reason um but for me it's, it's going to be fact-finding. It's, it's really a fact-finding process because, like you say, there's mis- misconceptions. Um, SDL is a modern version of, of an auction in, in my mind, much like we operate as an agency. So it's how how an auctioneer is now operating in the modern-day life with everything that's gone on and then really getting into the detail of, of the benefits of actually selling or buying as a landlord, really. So... I've got some really, really good questions here that are just going to hopefully, you know, get some good answers for the, for the people listening. You know, can you buy in certain processes? How does it impact with mortgages? Uh, speed and time scales, um, you know, with tenants in situ, not tenants in situ, questions like that. So looking forward to getting stuck into this one. What about yourself, Tristan? Yeah, exactly what you said there. I think the benefits of, of selling um, and also the process and people whether you can buy on a buy to let mortgage and the time frames and if there's any restrictions on doing so lee's been an auctioneer for the thick end of a decade we're not afraid to ask him every question under the sun about how this is going to work so um guys let's bring him on lee thanks for joining us it's been a long time coming a lot of organization has come in to get a new on our podcast because you're a busy busy guy <laughs> now as we mentioned on the intro lee is the head of auctions at sdl which is the biggest online auctioneer for property in the uk so again lee thanks for your time today and i hope everybody enjoys what we've got to go through first question which is the open question which we always ask how did you get into property well about about 11 years ago started out in property i actually ran a maintenance company um, so that's how i started uh, maintenance for property for landlords uh, that quickly progressed into selling the company at a fairly young age at university and then moved into uh, what was the largest uh, largest estate agents in, in the northeast? So I started working for them, doing property management and maintenance management for landlords. Uh, Specialised in that for for quite a while, um, and yeah, just always had a bit of a passion for property. So from from barely working in university, did, did, did business management, and then it was kind of moved into property by running the maintenance company, and that all stemmed from um, just having you know, family that did maintenance at the time, so repair work and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was a very early age of moving into to property and uh, just had a real passion for it. 
always wanted to have, you know, a, a portfolio, which I've not managed to get to, but, you know, um, will will one day. Um, yeah, so that's how, where it started and then been in property ever since. Ne- never come out of it. Um, moved, progressed into sort of sales and then now obviously auction. Uh, but, but yeah, so it's a fair few different roles throughout my career uh, to cover all bases. Great stuff. Lee, um, yeah, again, sort of thanks for coming on. And I just, what I wanted to ask the question is the traditional auction, if you say it, what a lot of people will think is some dingy conference center somewhere, some old guy with a hammer. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. And, and that's the kind of, you know, vision that you kind of get. Yeah. Obviously yours is online. So could you just talk us through in a bit more detail what the difference is between the two? Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely, you know, 99% of people will look at an auction and just think, old guy with a gavel, slamming it down every five minutes and seeing the sold. Uh, and that still happens in the place marketplace currently. And it's still a huge, huge part of what we do as a company as well. But actually, the biggest part of what we do as well, as, as you mentioned there, is we offer online auctions for, for partners and any sort of direct clients to us. Uh, where we put properties onto a, an online bidding platform, uh, as well as a live streamed auction as well, which is a lot more diverse than a, a normal traditional auction. Um, what that does is it opens the marketplace up to more individuals to come forward with properties that you wouldn't actually expect to see in an auction. So you wouldn't expect to see you know, a three-bedroom semi-detached house that someone's moving out of to, to move on to their upgrade or you know, relocation. Uh, but actually, we see that more and more every day. And uh, that's probably my bread and butter in terms of what I work on and not, you know, the, the rundown five grand property that then achieves 50,000, you know, through an auction. So the way it works is it is all online and people are directed to our website to register, view the property, and then obviously look to bid through a platform. It's very simple to do. You know, you register we use the analogy sometimes it's a little bit like eBay for property. Um, you know, and the reason we do that is because, you know, eBay is one of the biggest auctioneer services, you know, in the world. And uh, people don't realize every time they're interacting with eBay, they're interacting with an auction in a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might have a buy it now button, or you might be bidding on an iPhone that you want, you know, and it starts at a pound. And, and what happens is you get up to a thousand pounds knowing you're not going to pay a pound. It's the exact same way that an auction works on- online. You know, we, we put it down at a, at, a, at a lower price to generate the interest to get as many people registered. And we let th- those guys do the work. We let the bidders do the work to really generate the interest and push the price up to get the best possible price. The, the benefit of having it online is that you don't have to go to that dingy conference room, you know, in Manchester when you live in, you know, London or in London when you're in Manchester. That, that, that's a thing of the past. There's not that commuting, um, that time spent doing your due diligence to get there on the last, you know, the last day of the month and, you know, hitting that deadline. It's all online. You can see everything that you need to see. You can see the property in your local area. You can then bid on the property in the comfort of your own home or with or with myself, if, you know, if you felt more comfortable doing that, we offer that service as well. Um, so, yeah, it, it is a lot different now in that, that mm. misconception or even that preconception, which, again, you know, anyone listening to this and looking into this, they're not they're not the individual that just thinks that 99 percent of people probably do and you know my job and my team's job is to to break down those barriers and, and overcome that you know um fear of coming into an auction or, or purchasing through an auction i guess for the seller as well it's about how do you create more eyeball eye, eyeballs 
on your property is kind of the, the real key element. And I always wondered at auction or worried potentially for a seller, whether there's enough eyeballs to really get the, the right price for that property. You know, if you've got 39 people sat in a room, does that really give you the ability? Whereas this, it opens it up, you know, to a worldwide market in reality. And yeah. it's much like what we've tried to do with, if you've got portals that, you know, three, 400 people might see it. If you open up to social media campaigns, thousands of people see it. So it's increasing the reach. It's moving with the times, isn't it? In reality. Yeah. Absolutely. It's great to see the concept. Yeah, it, it is. You're totally right there. It's moving with the times. And, you know, I think um, we don't really like to talk about the C word. I'm sure we don't want to do doom and gloom on this call, but, you know, with, with the, you know, with the pandemic and COVID coming into it, I think a lot of the traditional auctioneers have obviously diversified and moved over to online. Uh, but prior to that, we had been running online auctions, you know, two, three years before and uh, obviously pioneered that. And it's, it's you know, it's it's the largest part of our business, you know, or, or certainly one of the largest parts of our business where we, we, we generate revenue from there. We, we're helping, you know, hundreds and, uh, of sellers and buyers as well move every day. So it, it is all about that sort of moving with the times. And like you say, if you are having a, a very geographical location of, a, of an auction, then you are going to limit the audience and, and the bidding potential. Whereas when we're doing it, we're opening it up to anyone and everybody from from anywhere. Um, working with our partners, with the, with the seller, uh, and obviously our own database to, to introduce people. So, a question I've got. Um, obviously, this is a this is a podcast for landlords and property investors. I would imagine they'll know, and we'll, we'll touch on the purchasing element of things too. But I guess it's a two part question. If I'm a landlord looking to sell. What's the benefit for me as a landlord looking to sell? And in the second sort of tag on to that, can a landlord sell at auction with tenant in situ or does it need to be vacant? Yeah, the USPs are selling for a landlord is that it it is all about speed and, you know, getting that transaction done in in reality. You don't want to be sitting on a vacant property. And if you've made that decision to dispose of that property, um, you know, we've all sold properties here and, you know, anyone listening is, is either sold or definitely purchased property. Speed comes into it when you've got a financial commitment and a commercial aspect to your um, investment. And if you're sitting on the open market for, you know, three to four months to, to get that transaction through um, with a, a potential buyer, uh, that delay comes in and costing you money in reality. Um, with auction, obviously, we are dedicated to specific deadlines. So the buyer is committed to certain deadlines as well as a seller. So they offer them speed and there's always security as well. So we're always taking financial commitment from um, the buyer in the way of either deposit or a, or a fee that's paid. So they're getting financial commitment uh, as a buyer immediately on the property. So the seller's got that comfort actually, you know, no one's going to walk away from this sale um, and that results in less fall throughs and, and more transactions going through in a speed of time. Um, and obviously a lot, a lot more security. So those are the main ones for, for landlords, you know, to get the, get the job done. You know, like I say, I've, I've been a landlord previously myself. And when I did look to sell, um, getting the money out of the property was quite an urgent thing for me because I needed to, I needed to relocate. So to move, I needed to sell that property to, to, to release some funds so I could then purchase in a, in a different area. Um, so that, that is important to, to everyone, I think, who's, who's made that decision. Your second question, and, and obviously, the one that most people don't think they can do is you can absolutely sell it as a, as a uh, tenanted, you know, uh, property uh, with an ongoing um, established tenant. That's absolutely fine. Uh, we just need a, a few more details from, from the seller. If they've been honest in terms of tenancy agreement, where the deposit's held, 
just as you would normally sell it through the open market. Um, we then obviously advertise all of that. And and sometimes it's better because you get that yield already. And, and if I'm making that investment, just as you would sell it at the moment uh, for a landlord, if I'm getting that investment as a, as a new landlord, as a I've got a, a ready-made income coming straight in. I'm paying down 100 grand, but I've just made... Five hundred pounds back the the month after, you know, so I don't have to wait and pay agency fees and you know get it relet. So yeah, there's, there is there's nothing different to selling a property vacant to to a tenant. Uh, we just need to have the tenant's information, make sure there's obviously you know no rent arrears and all that sort of stuff. But we do enhance due diligence. Oh, stop there again. <laughs> enhance due diligence prior to putting it to the auction, so the new buyer can be absolutely sure they're making the right decision. I think there's a lot of landlords out there, maybe first time landlords that are now looking at purchasing. And a lot of them seem to ask us, it would be nice to buy a property that had a tenant in already. And yeah, absolutely. maybe if we went back kind of five, six years ago, Mike, that was the opposite of what people wanted. But there seems to be more and more people now interested in purchasing tenant in situ. And um, that from a from an auction perspective for maybe purchase that and for seller, because they're not always the easiest properties to move on. Um, in normal resi day, you know, sales markets with tenant in situ, but that, that, that potentially could benefit quite a few landlords, I think, Mike, that maybe they're not aware of. Yeah, I, th- I think if you're selling a property with tenant in situ on the normal open market, it really limits your number of buyers um, because you've got a limited number of landlords in comparison to first time buyers or, or home movers. And the other side of things, traditionally, mortgage companies, for one reason or another, don't like it, um, which I've never understood. And mortgage companies quite often demand that you have um, a vacant possession, um, even though it's a buy-to-let property, which, in, in my opinion, you have a benefit of buying with a tenant in situ with a history of payments um, and a reference from the agent that you're, that you're running from. And as you said, Lee, instant income rather than a, a month void period and, and you know, up to £1,000 worth of letting fees, it's, it's instantly more profitable. So it's always confused me why mortgage companies are a little bit anti-buy-to-let uh, with tenant in situ. Um, so my, my main question really is, is, is kind of on behalf of those first-time investors, the, the Mr. and Mrs. Jones who are looking for somewhere to park their pension cash. I think people are nervous of buying at auction because they don't understand it and they see it as a bit of a threatening place um, because it's a high-pressure situation, right? You have to make the decision on the day. What's, what's the situation? How, how do SDL try to get over that? Yeah, you, you again, you've hit the nail on the head as as Ian did before. There, there, there is absolutely again a, a probably a misconception of an auction being this place where you are bullied into placing an offer down, making a, a decision on a property um, or an investment or, or or whatever that might be immediately without you know um, being able to do surveys or due diligence or you know making sure you've got mortgage offers in place. Um, Again, it is it is a it is a wrong conception of auction. We 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 offer on every sale uh, a full auction legal pack for any buyer to review. Um, prior to even registering to bid, you can well you register and you can download those documents without actually viewing the property, without you know inquiring about it. You can go onto our website, download the legal documents. In those legal documents, you will always have. Um, set of buyer's terms, which is obviously set down by SDL. So those, those will be terms that you need to adhere to to purchase through um, the auction. And that there will be your highlight 
highlighted areas will be any, any admin fees or fees that are due to be paid. So they'll be highlighted directly onto those buyers fees. So they're not hidden costs. They're absolutely set. You, you, you know, you need to pay a thousand pounds to, towards the, the auction for, you know, the legal pack or for, for just the purchase, the benefit of purchasing through the auction. Um, there will always be any legal fees highlighted very clearly in those, in those buyers terms. You'll then have obviously your dates and times of when you need to purchase. So, you know, what is the structure? How will you be looking to do that? Um, You'll then have further due diligence, which will be, you know, special conditions of sale, which will detail all of those. Again, more conditions if there's any attached that highlight how how are you going to buy this property? You know, how is the sale going to go through? Um, all of those information in there. Then you have your more your standard stuff, so your title documents or your leasehold information. You'll then have your tenancy agreements, um, any sort of, you know, rent arrears or anything will be highlighted there. Your APC will be there. You'll also have your searches, so you'll have your local search and you'll have a water and drainage search as well. And that pack there allows you, if you're making a decision on a property, a much better position than you would be if you were buying through the normal route. You know, so this comes not just for landlords, but for anybody looking to buy at, at auction. There is a full legal pack provided on any property that you buy for auction. If it's not available, the legal pack, the property is not available to buy. So you cannot buy a property. The way I always look at it, the legal pack is fundamentally the actual part of the auction that makes it an auction. Because if you don't have it, um, it's very well, it's it's near on impossible to buy through auction if you don't have a legal pack, unless you are a very, very savvy buyer in terms of you're gonna make a decision on a property where you have got, you know, it's it's a five thousand pounds property and, and you're gonna rip it down and you're not bothered about what it is, you might go enough for that money, you know, without a legal pack. But that's very, very rare in what we sell today. So to answer your question, the the legal pack is fully available and there is no pressure. You know, if yes, you've got a deadline and obviously you need to work towards that deadline because we've said we're going to sell it on the on the 26th of January. It's going to sell at two o'clock. So if you're coming into that fairly fresh, there, there could be an enhanced pressure situation, um, but there is no pressure to purchase, you know, at that point if you, if you don't feel comfortable to do that. Um, we obviously have everyone trained and developed to, to talk you through that, to help you. You can have service done on properties prior to placing bids. Uh, you can get mortgage offers on properties prior to placing bids. And at the point you're placing a bid, you are committed. So, you know, it is important that you do that due diligence. But at that point, you are then committed to, to purchasing. And like I said at the start, you would be paying down some sort of financial commitment in terms of a deposit or a reservation fee to make sure that you are securing that property and that the seller can't retract from or rescind from that contract. So the, the enhanced due diligence makes it absolutely paramount that you can go on to know what you're buying, to understand what you're buying uh, and make that informed decision before coming to auction. It's interesting because on a whim, in reality, when you purchase a property in, in the normal market, you do a viewing, 20 minutes and kind of obviously then you make a decision yeah. you don't have the same time scales but in this market you really do you know you have to yeah. make that decision that weekend or it's gone by sunday morning um but the pressure is that you're making it based on physically visually what you've seen whereas actually you don't ha really have much of that diligence i mean we're fortunate that we give key facts for buyers so we do give quite a lot of information but not yeah. from a legal pack standpoint just from a local info point of view um and then at that point People have to put non-refundable uh, money into searches and surveys. So there's £600 in without really knowing anything about the property. 
Whereas in this case, actually, you, you would feel as long as you're savvy in, in property and, and it's not your first transaction and you feel like you understand, because I think that's more, that's more an emotional and kind of confidence thing. When you buy your first property, it feels such a big thing. When you buy your second, it's like, I'm buying my second house. Um, so I think that, that actually gives people probably a lot more confidence because they've got a lot more information. And if you've got you know, better information, you can make a better decision. So that's a really good, um, good answer that I think people will hopefully take a lot from. It, in terms of just sort of transactions, I'm interested to know trends. I'm always talking about what goes on with data, but just over the last kind of five, 10 years or whatever the data kind of supports, are we seeing more auctions taking place as the online auctions meant that there's more volume is it is it becoming more niche what what's kind of the transaction volume like in the uk yeah so if you if you you said sort of reference the five-year mark if you do scroll back sort of five to six years the auction market only made up around about one percent of the the uk market so it was a very very small sort of marketplace It, it hasn't grown you know astronomically and, and took off as as you know certain areas of the the, the world has but it's it's doubled in size it's now around it's it's around about two percent just over two percent of the the uk marketplace so five years as we know it's not a very long time especially what's been going on the last two years um and it's, it's sort of changed a lot of aspects of where we've gone but i think that shows that actually auctions are becoming a, a lot more viable for not just you know um your savvy investors or you know your uh, people who are just looking to buy to flip but also your buy to let investors uh, as we're talking about now but but also for your first time buyers as well or for your home movers who are moving on um, it becomes a lot more um, accessible because of that legal due diligence but also you know the introduce of different conditions of auctions so you've got your traditional auction then you have your more modern auction method as well where you're not contractually obligated at the point of sale but you are financially reserving that property. So it's a reservation agreement. So you reserve that property by basically like a new building. In, in essence, you place down a, a reservation fee, reserve that property for you, and you've got a set period of time to then complete on that transaction, making that more viable for anyone who's looking to you know, um, obtain a mortgage on that property, who is moving necessarily. There's a bit more time involved. Uh, there's a bit less legal aspects at the point of the sale agreeing. So that's helped hugely to increase the volumes through auction mm-hmm. for your, you know, your job blog public, you know, that that's become a lot more of a, of a, a way to, to market. And to give you some aspects on it, we, we sell around about sort of 60% of our units are through the traditional market and 40% are through the conditional market. So you can see actually that, and this isn't, this doesn't diversify between um, it has to be, um, a rundown property being unconditional, or it has to be a, a home mover to be a conditional. There is no set rule for that. So, you know, anyone who is purchasing a property for auction, when the conditions are attached to that property, uh, i.e. more of a traditional or more of a modern, that would be purely based on that seller's own circumstances at that point and what we have, you know, discussed with them to set for, for those guys. So, you know, if you were selling a property now and, and you said, I just want to get rid of it, Lee. You know, I want to dispose of it. I need the cash out of it. I would be advising you to go down the traditional route where we have those little bit more strict time scales involved, where we have the, you know, the due diligence ready and we commit the buyer and you to a, to a more sort of a formal legal proposition. 
But if you said to me, I, I want to sell this as a tenant investment, you know, I'm looking to get a bit more from that. Uh, I'm not in any hurry. I might go down a more modern route, you know, so mm. I'd, I'd have that more modern option available to you where we can open that up to a lot more of a, as Mike was saying, to a first-time investor who might want to do a bit more enhanced due diligence, who might be getting, uh, you know, a buy to that mortgage for the first time and need a little bit longer to obtain that and, you know, might want to go through their, their income, their expenditure and, you know, do a little bit more on that buyer. So the conditions are, are not necessarily on the property or what that looks like. So it's on the circumstances of that seller. And that's increased market share for, for auction over the last, you know, like I say, five years or so. And actually, you know, during the, during the pandemic, every auction house seen a, an increase on what they were doing purely in the fact that we could offer a secure sale through a, through a very testing time. And we've seen a lot of agents and a lot of sellers coming to us for help um, and advice on properties because of that situation where we had a stamp duty holiday. You know, we had uh, a lot of fall throughs in the marketplace. So stamp duty holiday allowed, you know, agents to really capitalise on turning their, their stock a lot more. Um, it, it helped landlords obtain tenant investments or move somebody that was in rent arrears or you know was taking a hit on something so it's become a wide area where people are now coming to us for help in terms of using us as a last resort if that makes sense yeah. um, and as we st we talked at the start that misconception is is starting to to reduce um and actually people are starting to open up to this could be the norm normal way of doing things in you know another five to ten years it could become, become a lot more of a normal way of doing doing the transaction yeah, it's good. It's good because you always think it's just you know fast and cheap from a seller's yeah. perspective. But actually, bringing that extra more modern um, style it, it, in reality, it means you can you can do fast and, and potentially cheap. It, it depends on the circumstances. Yeah. Or you can do more logical and try and push for a slightly better price with a little bit more patience, which which is great to know. I'm glad you brought up stamp duty because the whole time you were talking, then I just was thinking, just for my own peace of mind what was stamp duty like in the auction world? Because it was absolutely bananas for us. So um, how did that, how did that impact your, your business? Yeah. It, it, like I say, it, it, it really took off because, you know, anyone who was struggling to, you know, turn that pipeline in an agency world to start with um, was, was struggling slightly, you know, the, with the enhanced due diligence to do that in a set time scale, you can absolutely take advantage of, of, of the auction process uh, because you're then making sure that, that that seller gets or that buyer gets that property within that stamp duty. Um, we had a lot of sellers come to us, a lot of landlords as well, who were wanting to take advantage because obviously prices were high um, and they wanted to make sure that they could sell the property in that period of time. So yeah, we've seen a huge increase and uh, we had a fantastic time <laughs> doing, obviously helping everyone move to the stamp duty. Uh, it is a shame that it, it, it had to come to an end. Uh, I'm sure everyone in, in the industry is feeling the same. Uh, but from from a from a seller's point of view, from a landlord's point of view, you know, if you were looking to capitalise on that, auction was the best route because actually you could guarantee that that, that transaction would be done by a set period of time. And uh, you know, we, we really skyrocketed when the when the last sort of it was it July it ended, wasn't it? I can't remember now. It was just Phase one. Blur. Yeah. yeah. We absolutely skyrocketed in, in this sort of, um, you know, the, the April time with, with an increase of listings coming towards us, referrals, uh, and then all of a sudden that trans, transfixed into my sales, I guess, have been very stressed, um, but actually getting, getting quite a lot of deals across the line. And uh, since then, obviously, I think with everyone, 
we've seen a dip in stock through through the marketplace um, slightly to, to auction. I think, I think, that's, I think because, that's just seasonal at the moment. I think all, yeah, all agents are feeling... I think feeling everyone is feeling that element. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested on the timescales, Lee. What What is kind of the average auction on more conditional? You know, what would be the average time for hammer goes down or virtual hammer physical hammer goes down and what, what would we expect to see when the keys are handed over to the new owner yeah so taking it to market we we run auctions for no longer than sort of 21 days so an auction cycle would be 21 days um once the property has sold uh, in that auction cycle it can sell before as well so you know again there's a misconception that once the date is set that it has to follow through to that date if we get an offer on your property in after seven days of being, you know, um, on the market and you wish to accept that, it's your property, you can choose to accept that and the buyer would then be committed. Um, but typically, they'll run from anywhere from sort of seven to, to 21 days. Once you have sold the property on a conditional, the standard time frame is 40, 40 days to complete. So you, in essence, you're getting two months to the transaction being completed. Okay, that's good to know because I think it's it's interesting for people to to feel that effectively they're going to get a month's void, you know, yeah. maybe two months void if you include the marketing in it. Whereas yeah. in a in a standard kind of transaction at the moment, you you touched on obviously your sales progress are getting stressed. I think yeah. a lot of solicitors we just didn't see them over December as soon as the second <laughs> phase was finished. So they were yeah, gone. Yeah, they absolutely. were out of there. Um, yeah. I felt sorry for them last year. Actually. I think they deserved it a little bit, didn't they? So yeah. I think you know they did deserve some of them did. So yeah. A couple of quick questions for me then. Um, just. Interested to know, can you buy an auction as a business, as a limited business, or does it have to be just an individual person? Yes, you can. Yeah, you can buy it as a, as a company. That's not a problem at all. We get a lot of people buying them as a, as a company. It's not a problem. Great stuff. And in terms of mortgages, obviously mortgage lenders offer different products. If it's a leasehold, if it's a freehold, if it's a certain age property, if it's a Victorian property, there's all different ratios. But just by general, is there any different terms, conditions, that you find from a mortgage lender when someone's buying at auction, is it stricter on the loan to value ratio or different products or is it a niche market for mortgage lenders? No, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing that prevents you from using it, uh, you know, a high street mortgage offer through, through auction. The only thing I would say is that when you are looking at your mortgage, just be careful with those timeframes involved, you know, as Mike touched on it before about kind of that first time investment, you know, that first time buy to let, we all know it can be a fairly strict process in terms of you're going through your finances for the very first time and, and looking at, can you afford this if there's void periods, all of that sort of stuff. Um, the lender's not, not a problem, you know, they can, when you're buying through auction, you just need to make sure that that lender will agree to those terms of, of the actual time skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's on a more traditional auction, you just need to be prepared that actually the, the best scenario would be to have your mortgage offer prior to making the offer on the auction so because you're going to exchange and have a set period of time to complete then have that offer in place so then you can go forward and know confidently that you will hit that deadline the worst thing that you could do and this is a word of warning to anyone buying for auction as to believe that you're going to get you've got the the mortgage offer but not you know not the actual mortgage and principal sorry but not the actual mortgage offer sitting there then you exchange and commit to this property and all of a sudden that mortgage offer doesn't come through. That's that's the worst place, position you could be in because it's a very legal point. So it's a good good thing you brought that up actually because mortgages, you can certainly buy for auction with a mortgage. You know, don't let that put you off. 
but make sure you're at the point of getting the offer before you commit to an auction. Is where a good a good broker comes in because if you Absolutely. explain it to them that you need yeah. to know who's doing the quick underwriting at the moment, yeah. who's got who's slogging it out and it's delaying. So yeah, it's it's a solid point. Um, I've hogged the mic, Tristan. I'm going to fire over to you for our quick fire questions, which sometimes they're quick and sometimes they're not. <laughs> uh, but Tristan, um, I know you've got three of the best. I look forward to this part. Over to you, bud. Thanks, Ian. So um, the questions that I've got is it's personal. It's um, business mind uh, taken away. So forget the business itself. It's what you feel is going to happen um, and, and just speak freely on that if that's okay. But just with regards to the property market, we've seen it absolutely incredibly busy over the last couple of years, especially. And I've certainly seen it maintaining coming into this year. But how do you predict the property market in the near future? Where do you see it going? That's a, that's a good question, isn't it? If I had that crystal ball, I'd be a millionaire interested um, yeah, I, I think, I, I do think, you know, Ian, Ian mentioned that it is quiet out there at the moment, but that is probably seasonal. Uh, I, I personally, and yes, personally, so this is my personal opinion, not, not STLs, uh, I personally feel that the market is, is going to stay strong. I, I do. I, I don't see it. You know, we are still very strong in the marketplace at the moment. Sale prices are still very good. And that's coming from an auction house. So, you know, that that's an honest truth that the, the sale prices are still good. There's still a lot of buyers out there to, to stock ratio. So I see it increasing. Uh, I think it will have to peter out at some point. You know, it's going to have to peter out at some point and, and hit a level. Um, will that will that decrease over time? And like I said, if I knew that, I'd, I'd, I'd be a millionaire. And I, I think in reality, it's got to start coming down a little bit because, you know, we, we're starting to see that people are, are struggling to get, you know, lending on certain things and, and, and mortgage companies are bit tighten up a little bit more and that's going to happen over time. So, yeah, I think it's going to stay strong, certainly over the next sort of six to 12 months. Um, you'll have your seasonal times again. You know, we are always notoriously quiet in, in the August. I think most people would, would say the same. Uh, and then coming into that Christmas period. Um, but yeah, I, I think, it's going to have to peter out. That's what I would say. And I think we're just starting to see that a little bit, you know, with, with it. So yeah, that's where I'd be. Time will tell. Time will tell. Yeah. And then regarding a buy to let, if you was to invest in the perfect investment, what does that look like to you? Ooh, um, I'd actually now being in this industry for a long time, I would personally go for a tenanted property if i was looking at a buy to let i would want to be getting an instant return on my my investment with immediate effect um so i I wouldn't necessarily be focusing too much on the yield because the rent rents have been good again you know so rents are always up and down again but the property market they'll fluctuate um so i wouldn't necessarily be focusing huge amounts on on the yield with interest rates you know not getting very much when you're putting your money in elsewhere so actually any yield that you're getting at the moment it's better than what you'd be getting anywhere else in the, in the marketplace. Um, so for me, I'd be looking at um, something that's already a bit, bit work done to it. So I don't have to spend a lot of money on something um, in terms of renovations. And I'd be looking at uh, a good rental with a solid tenant. That That's what's hard to come by these days as well. You know, finding a solid tenant who's willing to commit to you for a, for a period of time. There's a lot of help out there for first time buyers and, We've all seen that. So to find a good tenant who's not looking to move, you know, uh, to to purchase a property is actually really difficult. So to do that, I'd be looking at that for my perfect investment. Perfect. And what's the best single piece of advice you can give a landlord? Keep your tenant happy. That's all I'd say. I did I did maintenance for 
for two and a half years at the, the early start of my career of property management. Um, and the one thing I could say is a happy tenant is a quiet tenant and a happy tenant will, if there's any, any issues that do crop up, they will be more than helpful with that, with that issue. You know, um, landlords that don't necessarily respect the tenants or look after their properties are going to, going to have issues constantly and, and they're going to have a ter- high turnover of, um, you know, of, of, of tenants coming through. That's a lot of cost. You know, we all know the cost of involved in getting a tenant these days and a, and a good tenant. Um, so for me, keep the tenant happy um, and keep the property maintained. And, and it's as simple as if you do those things, you will have a, a good, solid income and a good portfolio through, through rentals, in my personal opinion. I'm glad you've touched on that, to be fair, because uh, over the podcast, it's been banged on about over and over again. And uh, Megan, especially, was one of them, is you get out what you put in, so keep your tenant happy. And uh, I have to agree, and, and Mike said it before previously. So, yeah, it's def- definitely something for, for landlords to look out for. Yeah, no, it, 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 it's a no-brainer, isn't it? You know, if you if you do any service, we are all using services at the moment. So we all will use a phone contract or Sky or, you know, something along those lines in terms of what we do. And um, we expect a certain level of, of service and product from, from that for, for the money that we pay. And there's no difference with a, with a rental or, or a car. You know, you, you expect a certain certain level um, of service to, to what you're putting in. And if you're paying... Five hundred fifty pounds a month, six hundred pounds, or a thousand pounds. You 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 expect that level of property to be maintained. And if I've got an issue, and it's funny because actually I, I did have to go back into rental not long ago when I moved down to London. And this is I know it's a quick fire answer, so I keep it quick. But we moved moved into a rental, and obviously I won't won't name the landlord, but they didn't really maintain it very well. And come the checkout, I actually felt like a second class citizen, like as if I wasn't being. Um, respected and uh, I am actually still going on with the tenant deposit dispute now and it's not very nice and I've bought my house back in I bought bought the house and in, in where I live now in December late, late November early December and I'm still going on with this this checkout now so we're two months down the line now that's holding up over two and a half thousand pounds of my money into the, the deposit scheme which if that deposit scheme wasn't there where would my rights be? So it's, it's fantastic. And I know other landlords do get burned and that's, again, it's a brilliant, you know, proposition for everybody and it does keep everything right. But yeah, if you, if you keep it right, then, you know, it, it is well-maintained and you've got then no problems with your tenant. Um, obviously, you know, you have the other end of it where, you know, you've got poor landlords who, who do get poor tenants, which is uh, an, an issue as well. But to keep them happy, yeah, that, that, that will, will make your life much easier. Guys, I think it's time to rename the quick fire round. Yeah. <laughs> every week. Every week. We just call it the three questions. <laughs> Sorry. But, but before we go, I've been itching to ask a question <clears throat> for the last 25 minutes or so, but I haven't been able to get my, get my, get my nose in. <laughs> if I'm looking for a buy to let and I'm, a, yeah. I'm an inexperienced investor, the first place I go, honestly, is right move to start off yeah. with. I'm based in Bracknell. I'm going to type Bracknell within three miles under a certain price that I can afford, and I'm going to start looking for the right buy to let. How do I, how do I go about sourcing an auction property if I'm less concerned about location, but I'm, I'm really looking at what I can get out of it? Yeah, it, it, is, a very good, it is a very good question. And I would say if you are looking as a, as a first-time investor or even as a, you know, 
as someone who has a portfolio, it's about actually probably checking in with some of these auction houses as well. You know, we we advertise um, obviously nationally for a right move and and so forth. But to find the right area, I think it's it's. I've seen a lot of landlords get burned in the past before by you know I'm from the northeast, so you know anyone that knows the northeast and may, may know the PLA area and. Uh, there's, there's an area around there where property prices, you know, you can buy a two-bedroom house for, for £10,000. But to get that property let is extremely difficult. And when I first started out in auctions, I had a lot of people buying those properties for £30,000, £40,000 from the London market and, and feeling it sounds like a good area. It looks like a good property. They wouldn't call us up. They wouldn't view it. They'd send somebody to have a look at it. They download the legal documents. Everything would be fine, and they'd, they'd burn thirty thousand pounds on a on a ten grand property. And then they'd come back to me a month later and say, "I can't, I can't rent it. Um, can you sell it for me? I can sell it for you, but it's only worth ten grand. Um, you know, so you're going to lose twenty on it. And it and it's an awful area. So speak to the speak to the auction house. The auction house are going to be the best person to advise you. So someone like myself or or, or a local you know, an expert that we have in our team to say, actually, that, that's a good investment. You know, that's a really good investment. You can rent it out for this amount. We work with agents all over the country as well. So if you're registering with those agents, ask them if they offer auction. So speak to that agent, do you offer auction? There is a filter available on, on Rightmove as well, where you can actually search auction properties. A lot of people don't know that. So when you very first put your search area in, so if you put, you know, Bracknell in, just as a, as a whole geographical if you want it to be local to you mike you know you, you want to you want to be in touch and distance to go and have a look at the tenants and check on the property if you just type in bracknell you then just search you then go onto the filter there is a there is an auction property option there so that will filter out anything that is listed through an auction house uh, and then you can start looking at that that investment but the simplest way and i think you know a lot of people rely on looking on right move and just purchasing but actually I, i'm a bit more of a an old school guy like you probably are, and it's actually speaking to people, you know, and then having a conversation and, and, and checking in before you do just commit to something or feel as though it's a good investment and, and without getting your fingers burned. So, yeah, you can do it through the online, um, but I'll, I would advise touch base with some of your, your local auction houses or, or, or national ones like ourselves. Yeah, 100%. I, I couldn't agree more that the more people you talk to, the, the better view that you get of something rather than just taking it on a whim. Um, yeah. and I, I do know the Northeast. You, you wouldn't know from my accent, but I am from around those parts <laughs> and, and good areas are available. They are available. <laughs> yes. I do have to say, and Italy is not a bad area. It isn't a bad area. It's just the prices haven't increased, you know? So when you're looking at that from, from an investment point of view, you might go great. Yeah, I can, I can do that. Um, and, and like I say, anyone who, who has bought in that area, I know a lot of landlords who bought at the right time and actually have a very, very good business there as well, but you just have to be careful um, you, you just never know. And if you're not doing that due diligence and speaking with that local area, that local agent, or that lo- you know, that auctioneer to just understand, has it been rented out before? It's vacant now. Was it rented out? What was it achieving? You know, do your due diligence. I'd, I'd say that to anybody. Make sure that you do that due diligence and make sure that you're not just committing to something. So we're, we're ending on a note that's quite common that we end on is do your diligence, do your research yeah. and ask the right questions before you act. Um, it's something that's come up, I think, over and over again. So on that note, Lee, I'm going to say thanks very much for your time. Thank you very much for having me. On behalf of the three of us, I really enjoyed it. I know Ian did. 
um because of the questions that were coming thick and fast <laughs> i hope you hope your head's not spinning too much no. if anyone's got any more questions obviously on the podcast we'll, we'll we'll pop the links to lee and lee's business um if if someone wants to see more know more again if you've been listening to our podcast through each series please drop us a note let us know who you want to speak to it's another podcast in the can really enjoyable one for me where because lee's got so much experience in his sector um again just a reminder lee's from sdl auctions and he's the head auctioneer uh, their website is sdlauctions.co.uk it'll be on our socials but please feel free to reach out if you've got any more questions from him but um tristan what was your biggest takeaway from that for me it's you can buy properties with tenants in situ which is becoming more common for those guys but on top of that the the process time for them is incredibly quick um he said from start to finish you can see a sale go through within two months which is quick for a seller and the buyer i suppose um so great advantages on that but definitely those for me I totally agree. I mean, with transaction times taking, what, 16, 18 weeks in a lot of cases, to be able to cut that in three is is a massive advantage to some people who either need to cash out quickly in order to move on or are just looking to make that investment without the the problems that chains and, and, and other parties can, can cause. Ian, what about yourself? Yeah, I think the first question that I mentioned was just about the persona that people have around auctions and just the vision that you have that pops into your head about this kind of dingy room and, the, you know, the old brown wooden hammer, the gavel. And um, actually, from the podcast, for me personally, a completely different perspective on the auction, auction process, how people can operate now, the amount of eyeballs on each individual property from doing it live and online um, it's probably more than tenfold, but that's fantastic, I think, for the seller. And I think there's loads of exciting things for a property investor as well. The security around um, the research and the, the kind of legal pack that you get prior is, is really good. And actually, it got me thinking, you know, that is something that could easily be done in resi market sales to speed up the process if you've got a seller that needs a quick sale that isn't auction related. So um, it was really insightful. Lee was really knowledgeable. And I think people listening would have taken a lot from it. For me, the unconditional and conditional um, transaction options, the flexibility, I felt auctions prior to the podcast were very rigid. It was about, you know, fast and cheap. And actually to know that it's 40, 60 unconditional selling where people could sell potentially with tenant in situ, but looking for max price, that's quite insightful. I was quite interested by that. And it's definitely a different type of conversation that I could now have with someone about auctions. We always say we learn something ourselves. That's the, the privilege we've got to do in this. But they, they for me, were the, the key takeaways really, Mike. Yeah, I think for, for me, it was the reminder that, you know, don't just get excited about a property 200 miles away because it looks cheap. Um, that's a, it sounds really obvious when you say it, but everybody does it. On, um, on the portals, you look at these properties for 50, 40, 30,000 pounds and just think, wow, I could, I could buy 10 of those and, and, and do a bit of monopoly. It's not that easy. Otherwise, everyone would be doing it and the prices wouldn't be what, what they are. But it's about finding an auction house for me, searching them out and, and how, to, how to source them. Look within that same radius, maybe within 10 miles of you to see if there are any auctions going on in, not, not auctions happening in your area, but properties that are listed through auction houses and have a chat with them to see how it works, see what the options are and see whether as a buyer, as a landlord, you can get something out of that. Yeah, 100%. Totally agree. So that's the end of another week again 
if you're someone who's listened to every single one of our podcasts, we'd love to hear from you um, because we're in season three now and we're looking for more people. If there's someone you want to hear from, if there's something in the property industry and lettings and property management that you don't understand or you want the secrets blown wide open, drop us a line and we'll do our best to get someone on and ask the questions that you want asked. But for another week from myself, from Ian and Tristan, we'll speak to you soon. I'm flicking through YouTube and through Spotify. I don't think there's a podcast or a video channel on YouTube that landlords can land on where they're not being sold something. I mean, it'd be the first time any estate agents ever asked that question, but why not ask that question to a wider audience? They agents have the knowledge there, but they don't seem to share it. You can do different episodes based around someone that wants an exit plan or someone that's just starting their portfolio. The rules change every year. Yeah. But why not just open the floor out and just say, well, is property even the best investment out there? And tax advice is a big thing, especially with everything that's changed, capital yeah. gains tax, and obviously a stamp duty cost that you need to pay and whatnot. People don't realise what they need to prepare for. We build a podcast, and we build a YouTube channel, somewhere that landlords can go and they feel they're not being sold to, but they're just getting quality advice.